What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty here to introduce RIP 209 of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt was coming to us live from Colorado where he's about to tend the Colorado Beef Initiative. Very dense, old school, bear market, RHR. A lot, of, a lot of quality development happening under the radar right now. I think you guys are going to like this one. It was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Just picked up one of their koozies down the hall. Could use more structural fortitude, but I'll take it. It's a koozie. I think it'll, it'll, it's one of those koozies that if you pull the, the can out of a nice bucket, it's a little wet. Your hand might get wet, but it'll still keep the, keep the drink relatively cool. So... Uh, beyond koozies, Unchained Capital uh, leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to bring you a suite of services. Starts with their vault. Uh, they have a lending desk. They have an IRA product. They have a buy Bitcoin product. Uh, they're really building a Bitcoin company, leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. And over the last few months, as we've seen Celsius, Voyager, uh, a bunch of these centralized lending platforms go under, it really highlights the importance of the model that Unchained has taken, which is use multi-sig, allow users to hold a key so that they have visibility into uh, their vault and the, the multi-sig quorum for a lending product to know that their sats are not being rehypothecated. So you have certainty that you're going to be getting your sats back at the end of the day if you pay off your loan. Uh, they have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up. It's not associated with its loan product, but if you want to eliminate single points of failure, the vault is perfect to do this. It's a two or three multi-sig. You hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You always have control of your sats in that multi-sig if you have those two keys. Uh, if you're a business, high net worth individual, a Bitcoiner with a, with a considerable stack, I would try to eliminate single points of failure as quickly as possible. And Unchained is here to do that with you. Go to unchained.com slash concierge. To check out that product. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Bringing. Just doom, doom, doom. breaking announcement. It's not breaking anymore. It happened like an hour ago. Uh, Brains is the team behind Brains OS Plus firmware. It's the team behind Brains Insights, which is a dashboard where you can learn, not learn, you can you can see the landscape of the mining industry, hash price, hash value, difficulty. Hash rate, mining pool breakdowns, ASIC profitability, calculators, that's Brains Insights. And guess what, freaks? They're the team behind Slush Pool, but Slush Pool is turning into Brains Pool. They're rebranding Slush Pool to Brains Pool starting in September. They made the market aware of that uh, about an hour ago. So uh, expect that if you're a long-term Slush Pool user, uh, they're going to change it to Brains Pool. They're, they're bringing everything under the Brains umbrella Slush Pool. We're gonna have to pour some out. We're gonna have to, we might have to have like a special episode, maybe tomorrow when we have Jan Capuchon, who is the uh, the co-founder of Brains. We'll we'll be talking about the transition of Slush Pool to Brains Pool. But yeah, be aware of that. Slush Pool is getting moonlighted. It's been an incredible brand, an incredible product, and it'll always be remembered as a pivotal point in Bitcoin's history. The first ever mining pool. And I mean, it's the same pool. It's just getting renamed Brains. So go check out everything Brains has going on at Brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Don't be an idiot. Use their firmware. It helps you stack more sats. If you have an ASICs that's compatible with Brains OS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you're leaving sats on the table. And only idiots do that. So don't be an idiot. Idiot-proof yourself. Downloads Brains OS Plus firmware. 
This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you a lending platform with no KYC, no AML. It's peer-to-peer, leverages Bitcoin's native multisig properties as well. Uh, what you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a two or three multisig escrow account. You hold one key, your counterparty in the loan holds another key, and then Hoddle Hoddle holds the third key. Uh, again, since Hoddle Hoddle is leveraging Bitcoin's native multisig properties and you have one key in that quorum, uh, you put your Bitcoin up as collateral, you get stable coins in return. As long as you're paying that loan back plus the interest associated with it, you're going to get your sats back and you know you're going to get your sats back because you can see that they have not left that two or three multi-sig wallet throughout the duration of your loan. Go to lend.hodlhodl.com to check out this lending platform. They also have a peer-to-peer exchange. Again, no KYC, no AML, and they're hosting the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in Riga, Latvia uh, in the beginning of September. If you want to check that out, I'll be there. Uh, go to baltichoneybadger.com. This was also brought to you by our good friends at Upstream Data. Upstream Data is here to take care of your mining needs, whether you're an individual mining at home. They have the black box. You can plug it in. It takes care of the sound. It goes from... ASICs are loud. If you just have them in open air, that's what it's going to sound like. You put it in the black box. You close that box. It goes from... to. It's going to save your marriage. Okay, You can't have ASICs just running in your house. It's going to drive your wife crazy. You put them in the black box. You put them outside. Take cares, takes care of the sound. It also takes care of the heat. They have uh, airflow that is going to make sure that, that the box doesn't overheat and your ASICs don't overheat as well. Uh, if you want to get a black box, use the code FREAKS. You'll get 5% off the black box. They also have bundles where you can get a black box and they'll also acquire ASICs from you. So you can you can do everything in one spot. You can get your black box, get your ASICs, get it delivered to your house. And then beyond that, that's at-home mining. They're the godfathers of uh, mining in the oil field using stranded gas, whether it be flared or vented or simply unable to be brought to market. They have their hash huts. I am a happy customer of Upstream Data. I have one of their 50 kilowatt hash huts. Uh, I have that running on a stranded natural gas well have for a considerable amount of time uh, and have had zero downtime outside of oil changes in the generator, which you need to do. So at small scale, they have larger scale, 900 kilowatts units as well. Uh, If you go to upstreamdata.ca, you can check out the black box and you can check out these hash huts as well. Tell them the TFTC sent you if you're going to buy a hash hut. Enjoy this rip. Let's go flourish, freaks. Sticky. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. What'd you say? This is just pour beer inside the studio. It's water, but is, uh, it, okay, is it okay to... I, got I don't think it counts as pouring it out unless it's actually beer. Here, I'll pour some out over here. Yeah, pour some out. You're outside. You can pour some out. It just splashed all over me, though. Hey. I feel like we're back in college. Getting, getting drinks splashed on our feet. <laughs> 
Oh, big week. One God. week. Again, I mean, now begin where we ended last week. Hell of a week in Nashville. Hell of a time at the Bitcoin Park. It was really special. I'm glad you guys made it out. That party rip was a good one, too. It was great to have Neil in the office or in the studio I, getting, getting all hammered. I always love the party rips. The party rips are my favorite. Yeah. A lot of good reception to the party rip. Neil, if you're out there, hope you're enjoying a White Claw as we meet here at Block Height 745,928 on July 21st, 2022. A lot going on this week. Excuse me. You're in uh, Colorado for the Colorado Beef Initiative. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to be running a mining panel with the Econo Alchemist, and uh, I'll be doing a workshop for ranchers, basically Bitcoin 101 workshop, teach them how to use Bitcoin. Uh, it's going to be on a 4,000-acre ranch, uh, first-generation rancher. I think his name is Jason. Jason I look Wirch. forward to meeting him. Jason Wirch. And... Uh, there's still tickets available. They're almost sold out. So if you are in the area, I mean, I drove here from Tennessee. So if I could do that, you can do that. Um, consider coming. It should be a very special event. That's beefinitiative.com. Food's included, like really good food. Pretty excited. Yeah, they're only serving salads and lentils at the Beef Initiative. So it's, it's going to be the Big best. News. Only FUD for Marty Bent over here. They're cooking everything in seed oils we too. We, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the general premise is it'll be Bitcoiners training ranchers how to use Bitcoin and then ranchers training us how to be wannabe ranchers and uh, at the same time selling us their produce for Bitcoin and cutting out all the middlemen. What so is your uh, fucking awesome? What is your strategy for teaching a, a rancher how to use Bitcoin? I'm just, I'm just going to do a moon wallet 101 straight up, boom, done. Okay. Moon with two U's. I was just about to say, that's moon with two keep U's, it, freaks. Just keep it simple, you know? Like, get their foot in the door. I'm going to send them all Bitcoin out of my own pocket. Um, have them receive, have them send, have them back up, have them restore. I feel like that is, you know, one of the... I mean, we harp on it a lot on the show, right? But this idea that if you are you have a friend that's interested in Bitcoin, you just, like, immediately send them to, like, a regulated exchange and, like, you wash your hands of it and you just let them do it. No, the best, the single best thing you could do is send them a little bit of coin and have them actually experience it firsthand. Um, like, sovereign Bitcoin usage. That, yeah, that's powerful as fuck. It gets them interested. Yeah, because then if they choose to go to a centralized exchange to get their Bitcoin, which you don't have to. There's other options you can sell your beef for Bitcoin. But if they do choose to use that centralized third party, they'll say, hey, this isn't the same thing when I got set up the first time. It's not as powerful. Like I need to send it off the exchange to a wallet I control. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's power. Shout out. And then, go ahead. Yeah, go on. Shout out. I was going to shout out Texas Slim and the Beef Initiative. You're doing really... Tennessee Slim. T Texas Slim, sir. Soon to soon to be Tennessee slip. Don't don't besmirch his name. I don't think um, no, he 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 likes that name with honor. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so I first a couple takeaways. First of all, it was my first time driving through Kansas. Uh, that state is fucking massive. I seventy is just like a straight line that goes forever. Um, I was thinking of Marty for 
maybe half the ride because we just kept passing wind turbines. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't get you off my mind, Marty, during that like ten-hour drive from KC to uh, to Denver. And then the other thing was, um, I went to Red Rocks for the first time yesterday. Uh, the music venue they have in the mountains. It's on my bucket list. Did you see a show, or did you just go to check it out? I saw I saw Lettuce, uh, and they had the Colorado State Symphony played with them. Oh, it was it was fucking insane! It was absolutely insane. That venue is meets all the hype. I, it was extremely hyped for me, and it uh, it was really fucking cool. And I just I like was struck by this this thought that you know live music, music in person with like other humans, There's is a bad. very yeah, it's a very like innately human experience. It's a very special experience. And like, it's one of the few things that we have still that isn't necessarily, I mean, obviously way too many people take out their phones and record and stuff like that. But it's one of the few things that's like almost purely in the moment where you don't even have a recording afterwards of what happened. Like people afar don't really know yeah, how to be there to experience it. You know, it's... Yeah, I know. I mean, big live music fan here actually going to my first show in quite a while next week seeing night moves one of my favorite bands play at a small bar in philadelphia last time i saw them was right before the pandemic in brooklyn so i think this will be the, the first live show since i i saw them in like december 2019 very excited well live shows hit different after all the lockdowns and stuff because it also feels like a revolution meeting at the same time yeah no, Lettuce with the symphony. It was so cool. At Red Rocks. Red Rocks is on my bucket list. It's somewhere I need to get to. You could tell they were loving it too. Because imagine like, imagine playing shows your whole life or whatever, and it's just you guys. And then instead, for this show, they had like 80 people backing them up, which is like just crazy, crazy difference in comparison. Yeah. Like a symphony with a jam band is... It was fun. That's very unique. I'm happy for you. I'm jealous. Yeah. But I talked about uh, uh, I talked about on this show talking about like the revolutionary feel of of going to a live show after uh, all the lockdown bullshit. Uh, I talked about it previously, but it, I'll never forget it. It was that uh, that fish show I went to with a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like six months ago or something like that. That was pretty crazy. Not even for the music, just because there was 100,000 people there saying, fuck you. Yeah. That was a, probably the show before Night Moves in 2019 that I was last at was Fish when they did their donut run. Their dozen, their baker dozen run at MSG. Oh, I went to that too. Yeah. 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 Did two of those And then shows. all of MSG is just filled with weed smoke. <laughs> hey, it's illegal. It's legal in New York. Is it illegal? Is it decriminalized in New York now? I think it is now. I think it ha- I think they legalized it as soon as we left. Of course they did. Because I uh, I was like, I've been waiting waiting for them to legalize it my like whole life, and then I move and then they legalize it and I moved to a state where it's still illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Rugged again. The perpetual rug. There's people rugging themselves out there. Like I said, we're pouring some out for the weekends. We, every, every bear cycle, every bear cycle, we have at least a couple major capitulations. 
Um, but this is the first one that one of the capitulations was the richest man in the world. And I've been thinking on it. Well, first of all, two things. Uh, I saw a tweet from Justin Rezvani of Zion. And he's like, why do we care that Elon uh, panic, panic sold? And I mean, I, it doesn't matter. Like, Bitcoin doesn't care if he panic sold or whatever. Um, but it's fucking hilarious. Like, it's just funny. And it's not every day that we get to just dunk on the richest man in the world for having weekends, right? Like, it's just a funny, funny situation. But I was thinking, and I wonder if this is the first of many cycles that bear, the bear market will have a capitulation of one of the richest men in the world. Like, are we, have we hit a new paradigm of Bitcoin where each cycle will have, you know, one of the Forbes top 20 capitulate? Could be. You'd hope not. They have so much goddamn money. You, know, you just like set it and forget it. What do you need that cash for? I mean, Tesla. So I technically, love it. technically, it wasn't Elon. It was Tesla. Yeah, but doesn't he have controlling, he controlling might. shares of that? He might. I find it hard to believe. I mean, he didn't even found Tesla. It's a little known fact out there. I think he. No, had, so maybe he doesn't have controlling shares. But I like to think he capitulated his private position too. Would be great. No, it's indifferent. But um, it's fucking hilarious, Marty. He sold a billion dollars. I mean, I think it was like nine hundred thirty-four million. Uh, yeah. Another interesting thing is it seems like they didn't tell us when they did it. Just Q two, but if you reverse the math, it comes out to twenty-nine thousand dollars average price. Um. So that's like May or June. Would have been when they sold. So they like sold right before Luna blew up and 3AC blew up. Did they? That's, I mean, I've seen these theories that they, they rug pull 3AC. Well, that they, Luna. they were part of the downward pressure, right? I yeah. mean, I don't think a billion dollars is a lot of money, but with the liquidity of Bitcoin, it's not like an insane amount to, to sell, but still. That's kind of a fun timeline, right? Just like the world's richest man panic dumps and then fucking rug like results in like the liquidation of a bunch of grifters. It's like a really make a great movie. It would. Maybe maybe Elon's our silent guardian. Maybe he maybe he did it on purpose to wash away the grifters. But if you look like if you look at that Tesla financial statement, I believe they had I believe that sale was like it looks like they were in the red, like three hundred million dollars in terms of like cash flow, and that that sale produced uh, uh, put them in the in the black in terms of ca- cash flow, like six hundred twenty six million or something like that. Like they would not have been cash flow positive unless they sold that Bitcoin, which is a comment on Tesla, the company, how well it's doing. Who knows? They didn't stay humble. That's it's a tale as old as time. If you don't stay humble, Bitcoin humbles you. And you panic dumped the bottom. Did he buy the top? When did he buy? No, he bought in like the low 30s. So they they probably lost a little bit of money, but not too much. Yeah. Hate to see it. Sorry, Elon. We'll pour some out for you. Um, maybe you'll be back. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll buy back in and then capitulate the next bottom. <laughs> There's... No. We're going into the super cycle. We're going into the super cycle. 
does that count towards my theory? Uh, if it's the same richest man in the world that capitulates the next cycle too, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Who's going to be the uh, next? You mentioned super cycle that like one of the biggest proponents of the super cycle was uh Suzu. Oh, I mean, I think he started the, the meme. Yeah. I think he started oh. the meme. Yeah. He was trying to self-actualize returns for three hours capital with the super cycle that didn't really not, not great uh, manifestation <laughs> skills there. Never, never fall in love with your own shit post freaks. No, you gotta, you gotta remember it's a shit post. Yeah. He had some, like, if you go back and read his, people have been pulling up his tweets throughout the years, obviously. Uh, and there was one about like buying a yacht and sailing the seas to escape regulation. I saw that. It was like from 2019. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, they were arrested, weren't they? No, that was fake news. That was fake news. Yeah, Marty, you got to check the sources. That was just like an all caps breaking news tweet. Yeah. I, I just saw it in passing. They did. Yeah. Uh, did we talk? Uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but another funny thing uh, in the aftermath of the three AC blow up is the bankruptcy filings. Uh, it seems that Suzu is personally um, claiming that he's owed like uh, millions of dollars, and then Kyle Davies one and a half billion, one and a half billion. Yeah, and also like Kyle's wife. Yeah, sixty-five like a million. Owner. She's a creditor. Yeah, Some shady stuff going on there. Yeah, really fucking shady. And uh, Selkis had an interesting post, especially since he's ex-Digital Currency Group, which is Barry Silbert's company that like owns a shit ton of companies in the space, including Coindesk and uh, Grayscale, which does GBTC, is GBTC's loan to Three Arrows, which it appears is still $1.2 billion outstanding they're owed. Genesis, uh, not GBTC, out. right? No, GBTC. How they like grayscale? Grayscale lent them money, and it wiped out all of Grayscale's profits since the inception of GBTC. Holy shit! Which were billions and like, of dollars. Barry has like as much as people hate that product. Like one thing people always gave Barry credit for was that that thing just minted money. It was just like the management fees. It was just like a. It was like a cash tree. It was just constantly just producing fucking cash, and uh, they fucked it up. They didn't stay humble. They fucked it up, and it was completely wiped out. What's going on with the risk management in this sector? I mean, you have one of your. I mean, three ACs was publicly and very well known to be one of the largest stakeholders in GBTC. I believe they own something like six percent of the float. Yeah, they like, were the large, single largest holder of GBTC. Like. What's going on at Grayscale? Where are your risk managers? How do you give out that much money, like the compounding risk of having the largest holder of GBTC and then giving them $1.2 billion? It's an insane amount of concentrated risk on one party. They were greedy. Tale as old as time. I mean, where are the risk managers in this, this industry? Do they exist? Anybody know what VAR stands for? The risk managers are all too busy personally stacking sats to <laughs> help them with their yield schemes. Uh, yield, yield, yield. Where does the yield come from? That's a that's a a very good meme that our good friend Alan Farrington is is putting out there. But where does the yield come from? Whenever somebody says, "Hey, we're going to give you yield six percent, fifteen percent, twenty eight percent," where does that yield come from? Comes from 
Suzu and Kyle going to buy a yacht to sail the seven seas to escape the regulators. So maybe, uh, maybe I think you were right because Jeffy's in the comments right now. He's saying, according to Wu Blockchain, 3AC's biggest creditor, Genesis Asia Pacific, filed a 1.2 billion claim against the company after providing them with a $2.36 billion loan secured by Three Arrow Capital's Grayscale ETH Trust position. Um, but Genesis is also owned by Barry, and they collateralized it with Barry's other trust product while they were the largest holder of GBTC. So it still wiped out, it still wiped out DCEG's profits from Grayscale, but it wasn't Grayscale directly. Yeah, yeah I know it was Genesis. And but still concentrated, like how do you? It's the same seat? holders, regardless, right? Like it yeah. still hits. It hits. It hits the same. Uh, Flows up the shareholders, regardless. Mainly Barry. Barry. Here's a here's a virtual hug, Barry. I'm sure it's been a tough couple of months for you. Um, Thanks, Jebby, for the fact check, the real time fact check. We appreciate when you freaks hook us up like that. Shout out to our Minnesota freaks out there, Jevy. Jevy, are you in town for BitDevs? It's Austin BitDevs tonight here in Austin, Texas. I heard Parker's doing a Twitter Spaces before BitDevs today. Yeah, Parker's really, really becoming a, a, a social media influencer, doing Spaces, running it. Parker the podcaster. Parker, the, he's coming for our lunch. Park, Parker's podcast is going to take our Unchained Capital. Pretty sure you're going to have to record on the street and he's just going to take over your studio. Beautiful studio. We got some new lights on the wall. You can't see them right now, but they're, they're nice. They bring a nice aesthetic. We're getting a bar cart over here. We're painting you this wall. You love showing stuff in the studio on air that we can't see. Yeah. And I like how you point to it too. Right over here. As you can see, right over here. <laughs> it's over there. We're going to paint this wall too. Right over here. I'm going to paint this a nice smoke green. Be nice. We're gonna have a, a nice, comfortable aesthetic here. It's not gonna look like um, uh, in like the white room in the Matrix where he gets all the guns. In the Matrix, when he gets the guns, it's all green in there. I don't remember. No, that. it's all white. It's all white. Oh, right, like right, right, right. Matt and I oh, just. But you're gonna make it green. Matt and I just had a who's gonna talk first standoff, and I won. I was just thinking of the Matrix. I can't stuck in the Matrix. <laughs> uh, all right. We're getting far into the show. We haven't even gotten to Clark's dashboard. <laughs> According to Clark's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin is 23,235 cuck bucks. One cuck bucks is going to get you 4,304 sats. We're currently sitting at a $443.8 billion market cap. We are at block height 745,929. <laughs> We had a difficulty adjustment just out, not even uh, nine blocks ago, so like an hour and a half ago, um, or a little bit longer than that because blocks have come in at 16 minutes and 38 seconds on average since then. The last adjustment was a negative 5% even adjustment, you know, downward adjustment. It's because blocks were coming in at 10 minutes and 35 seconds on average. There are 14,686 transactions in Clark's mempool. Fees have been going up this week. Uh, the immediate fee is 27 sats per V-byte. Uh, if you want to get in an hour, it's 19 sats per V-byte, according to Clark's dashboard. Uh, I wouldn't read too much 
into the fee situation uh, because, I mean, we had our largest difficulty adjustment down 5.01% in a year. Okay. So what, what happens in that situation is it means that hash has left the network between the last difficulty adjustment and this one, which means blocks come in slower as a result, which means transactions get backed up to a degree and combine that with Bitcoin pumping um, and you end up with you know, a higher short-term fee market. So, I mean, I expect that to clear out now that the difficulty is adjusted down um, and blocks are, are readjusting back to that 10-minute target. Yeah. So if you can wait a little bit, just wait a little bit before you send transactions. One sat per V-byte, still clearing the mempool. It's just going to take some time. Catan rejoices on the other side of the world. Uh, last stat on the dashboard, new all-time high, Samurai Whirlpool. Uh, 4,955.18 Bitcoin approaching 5,000, only 44.82 Bitcoins away from, from hitting All the time high. Unspent capacity, unspent value is 115.1 million. Cuck bucks. It was interesting. I was, uh, the reason we we're recording a little bit later today, I promised somebody would go on their show uh, around the corner uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I had to go record that. And uh, the conversation of privacy on Bitcoin came up, mentioned Samurai and the developments there, particularly with Sparrow joining um, the Whirlpool liquidity. Is there any, and it stoked a question in my mind, like beyond Sparrow. Um, yeah, there's more coming. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, Samurai intentionally designed their coin joint implementation so that's easy for other wallets to incorporate it and then they get a split of the fee if if someone like so when Sparrow when a user uses Sparrow, uh, Craig gets a portion of the fee, um, portion of the Whirlpool coin joint fee. So it actually makes all of a sudden it makes Sparrow a sustainable uh, business model, even though it's an open source wallet without collecting user information. He's getting Sats as a business model, so it's very appealing for wallet devs. Um, because wallets have historic, particularly open source wallets, self custody open source wallets have really struggled to find a business model. Um, but if they implement Whirlpool, they can they can collect those fees. Uh, did you see the reason? Reason just released a video with Gladstein, yeah. uh, Samurai Wallet, and Craig Raw on Bitcoin privacy. That was really fucking good. Yeah, that was really good. Everyone those, should go watch that. those reason videos. Are always really good. Shout out to the reason yeah, team. Yeah, to them. Um, and whose pod did you go on? Justin Murphy. Um, I have no idea who that is. He's a philosopher. Um, the name of was it like a three-hour philosophy podcast? No, it was. Um, it's going to be like released in seven parts or something. No, it was a uh, one-hour tight ripped. A lot about ESG, mining, uh, podcasting two point uh, content monetization and then right. he asked me what I'm excited about in Bitcoin and I mentioned hey Bitcoin's privacy assurances are subpar if you're an objective observer of the network and uh, brought up Samurai what they're doing how they're expanding um, the ability for individuals to uh, basically clear out their chain history mentioned Fediment as well um as another privacy solution with trade-offs, which we'll get to um, uh, later in the episode. But no, it was a good rip. 
the other life. I did a Twitter big big week for Fetterman. I did a Twitter Spaces uh, for Fetterman, and uh, apparently my my sound quality going uh, ninety miles an hour on I seventy wasn't quite good, but it is what it is, freaks. <laughs> how, how how long was that? I wasn't able to hop in there. I'm just glad I had reception. It was good. We had the whole crew in there. We had Obi in there. We had Sirion in there. We had Justin Moon in there. We had Jeff Booth in there. It was good. Hell yeah. Um, we're going to get back to Fediment later in the episode. But back to... Oh, Marty, you get uh, you should appreciate your, your uh, peace and quiet this episode because I don't have my soundboard. So. Oh. But it will I, come back. I do miss the cum rocket sound. Don't, don't get used to it. <laughs> we just need to keep building that thing out. Um, I already had freaks have already sent me more clips for the soundboard, so well, I'm building. Freak. I'm stacking. I'm stacking my collection over here. You know what? Car, we're getting a soundboard in this studio. Freaks, you better be set. <laughs> this is actually this is not fair. This is an attack on Marty because. What where are you gonna hit the Odell clip soundboards? Freaks, you better be Me? sending you better be sending Odell sound clips too. I don't want yeah, this. I have, a, some, I have I have some of mine too. All right, good. Mine's gonna be cum rocket, and you're just gonna you're just never gonna like utter stay humble stack sats again. You're just gonna hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> like ten different variations of stay humble stack sats. Uh, yeah. Stay humble, stack that's race. It's sound sage advice. Back to mining. We mentioned on Clark's dashboard that we had a 5% downward adjustment earlier today. Uh, biggest adjustment since last year. Longest streak of consecutive downward adjustments. Three uh, since last summer during the Chinese mining migration. Uh, and this marks the fourth out of the last five adjustments that were downward adjustments. So it seems that over the last two months, a significant amount, a significant amount of hash rate has come off the network. This is to be expected as energy prices are increasing, the price of bitcoins decreasing, and it's harder and harder to mine profit it profitably with those two variables at play. Mm-hmm. Energy prices go up, your electricity cost goes up, makes it harder to mine Bitcoin profitably. The price of Bitcoin going down just exacerbates that problem. It's pretty crazy. Like I was looking at. I was looking at the difficulty adjustments, the historical difficulty adjustments. And I mean, you just kind of said in passing, but I just want to re-highlight this. It was only a year ago. Is it exactly a year ago, July 2021, when all the Chinese banning stuff happened and we we had a difficulty adjustment of negative 21. (laughs) Like that feels like... Eons ago. I don't know. Right? Decades. Like fucking insane. That was a fucking year ago. Yeah. And we're still, difficulty is still um, significantly higher than it was then, which is crazy to think. It recovered. Core hit the three year, three year button on the top right. Yeah, look at that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, what's your take on the state of this difficulty environment over the last couple months? It's natural. Uh, Bitcoin is healing. I, uh, I mean, first of all, it makes sense in a bear, right? We have the Bitcoin price going down. 
Um, but it also makes sense on a macro side, right? Uh, you have energy prices going up. So the, com- the co- combination of the two of that is obviously squeezing miners. We have people in the comments that make a good point. There's a decent amount of hash in Texas that is offline right now and getting paid by the, by the utilities to, to not mine. Um, so they're included in it as well. And you combine all those factors um, and you result in a hash decrease, which results in difficulty going down. And now it'll be more profitable for whoever miners are left uh, to continue mining. That's yeah, the beautiful nature of the difficulty adjustment, the special sauce in this distributed network. I think the difficulty adjustment is the most beautiful part of Bitcoin. It is the the heartbeat of the network that allows it to to work from an incentive perspective. Um, it's always cool to see uh, the network react in this way because you know that it's working. It's working as designed. You have a difficulty adjustment every 2016 blocks. We are currently in difficulty epoch. Three hundred and seventy-two. There's only been three hundred and seventy-one difficulty adjustments to date, which is interesting to think about. But yeah, I mean, the mining industry this is what I wrote about in the bent yesterday too. Uh, not only do we have difficulty uh, going down three adjustments in a row for out of the last five longest streak since the Chinese migration, but uh, behind the scenes, just being connected to the mining industry, I'm seeing price per tire hash fall into the mid twenties uh, for the the top of the line machines that are out there right now between 25 and $30. Um, I think that could t- continue the fall. Obviously the price of Bitcoin going up over the last week, uh, hovering around $23,000 right now helps miners, but unless that price begins to pump, uh, we should continue to see more pain in the mining markets. Hash price, where's, uh, where is hash Price right I now. still don't think the liquidations are done yet on the mining side. But what do you? Why do you say that? We're probably towards the end of it. We've talked about this in the past. Just that, like ASICs, like rigs, have never been used as collateral for leveraged loans to the scale ever before, and they're just not that easy to liquidate, especially in this kind of environment when everyone's trying to sell them. Yeah. So there should still be a decent downward pressure on hash price. Um, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like aping into miners right now. I would be, I'd be watching and getting ready, but I wouldn't be, well, necessarily pulling the trigger. I would at least begin to think about DCAing and because it's, it's yeah. Impo- I mean impo- that's what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. keeping an eye on it, getting ready, but not necessarily like backing up the truck. Yeah, so according to insights.brains.com, the hash price fell to a local low of $0.08 per dollar per terahash per day um, on the 13th, so a little over a week ago. Now it's hovering around $0.11 per terahash per day. Um, So that's increased from a local bottom. Um, But like Matt said, there could be more capitulation on the horizon as these ASIC loans become under stress. But then that's another question. Do these lenders who lent out this cash against the ASIC collaterals have the ability to, number one, repossess those machines, and number two, plug them in in a relatively timely manner to to make sure they're cash flow positive? 
um, or else they're going to sit there and have to look I mean, at them as well. The savvy ones do, right? The savvy ones are basically just uh, taking the miners and now they're their miners and they're going to mine. Um, but you got to imagine the overwhelming majority don't have the expertise or the infrastructure to do that and are trying to sell them uh, just because it's easier and they're a lender, not a miner. Um, but we, me and Marty know, I mean, I know of at least one big one uh, that their plan the whole time was if, if the miners got liquidated, uh, the ones that they seized from collateral, they were going to put into their own mining operations. Um, so, so there are definitely large scale guys that are doing that. Um, I still tend to, I mean, obviously it's like impossible to know for sure, but I still tend to think the majority are trying to sell them, um, rather than mine themselves. Yeah. I mean, I have some insight into the secondary market for these ASICs and there's tens of thousands up for sale right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way more sellers than buyers, classic market dynamics. And then the other thing is like, yeah, like, I mean, I know we pretend we don't care about price, but it is like the best drug ever. Um, cause it's like, we're all getting high together at the same time. A number goes up. Um, it is important to realize that in this most recent pump, you know, hopefully the bottom is in, um, and that was the most of the pain we'll see at least on the Bitcoin side, but, uh, like stocks pump too. Right. So like we're, we're kind of tight. We're still a little bit tied to this macro situation. Yeah. But I did actually see a stat within the last week that the correlation of the Bitcoin price to the S and P has fallen considerably over the last few months from like something like 0.65 to 0.38 or something like that. I don't know. All I know is that that stock's been pumping last couple of days. Yeah. What is that signal? I guess people think the Fed's going to revert course because all the economic data yeah. is coming in. Like the housing market seems to be uh, inarguably turning down uh, new mortgage originations are down considerably. Uh, prices seem to level off. I guess people are. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bet on it's a bet on what the Fed decides to do. But the the I will say like. There's definitely a strong scenario that we just had like a ideal wipeout, leverage wipeout, where just the repentant got ripped off really hard, partially because of the macro pressure, you know, added even more pressure to the whole thing. Um, and we just had like a nice, quick, rip the bandaid off, done, boom, bottom in. I uh, am inclined to believe that may be the case as well. It's the beauty it's of not Bitcoin. like I trade on it or anything, though. Honestly, I just I don't even know what you're talking. It doesn't even really matter, but it's interesting. Yeah, deleveraging, baby. It's it's healthy in the long run. Um, just remember the people that uh, at like 17k decided that they were going to go on Twitter and attack people who are just staying humble and stacking sats rather than trying to trade this shit. Hey, never forget. Why would you stay humble and stack sats when you can time bottoms? You can't time bottom freaks. It was a, it was a, it was a, a joke. It's proof that you can't time bottoms because people were attacking the stackers at the bottom. <laughs> no, you don't attack stackers if you think it's the bottom. Yeah, I know. You attack somebody, stackers if you think you're going lower. I know somebody sold a twenty k. Was like, I'm going to wait for twelve k to buy. 
That's those for when you start seeing those anecdotes of your friends, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I dumped a 20k. I'm just gonna buy like 80% more when it hits 12k. So you might not see that, sir. And also, like, if it did hit 12k, they would just they would be like, I'm waiting for 8k now. Then it would like the human mind's a hell of a fucking thing. Yeah. Don't trust it. (laughs) So like you could even you could even call that right and you still you still won't time the bottom because you'll just expect more pin. And this is why. This is where the soundboard will come in now. Stay humble, stack sets. I actually have I have a travel soundboard with me. I just didn't plug it in. Maybe maybe next trip. Damn. You have it and you're not using it? Very surprising. Very surprising. What's not surprising is that Senator Elizabeth Warren <laughs> colleagues. Best transition in RHR history. On on Capitol Hill are, are calling on the EPA and Department of Energy to qual- to require crypto mining companies to disclose energy use and emissions. You know what, Elizabeth? She named Bar- Marty by name in this letter. Mary. Did Mary. you control after your name? Did she? Did she? No, uh, she didn't. Stay humble, Marty. The senator is not name dropping you in the letter. Elizabeth. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they wrote this letter to the EPA in the Department of Energy to re- require crypto mining companies to disclose energy use and emissions and considering the EPA versus the West Virginia ruling that happened a couple of weeks ago. I wonder if this is even viable after that ruling. Like, can they mandate this type of reporting on an industry? And does it exist for other industries? That's, I think it may in some, but this arbitrary bullying of particular industries to disclose information doesn't seem very American or uh, productive in the long run. I mean, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure the EPA can do whatever the fuck they want, right? And then it could get overturned in courts, but that takes the process. Well, I think the what happens when it gets, something gets overturned in courts or a decision gets made, a precedent set, and was a precedent just set with the EPA versus West, West Virginia. But that was specifically... What was that? Energy mix or something? What was it? Like what power plants you can build and what you can what was that EPA ruling? It was essentially, do they have the authority to enforce the Clean Air Act? Or is that a, um, a yeah. function that is um, designated for Congress and the Senate? And the interesting thing, like everybody thinks this is just particular to the EPA, but that ruling has ripple effects across all those bureaucracies, EPA, um, ATF, uh, ICE, all those. Like It sort of defanged them from an enforcement uh, perspective. So does that apply here? I would assume so. So maybe this letter is just... Um, Wait, you think the EPA ruling defanged the ATF? No, I, I, th- I mean, to enforce certain things, yeah. Have you ever heard of the the move bombing? Yeah, it was Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Mayor Rizzo was just fucking dropping grenades from helicopters and 
West Philly. Fucking C4 from helicopters on residential neighborhoods. Yeah, it's really fucked up. If you grow up in Philly, you learn about the move movement. Uh, the move thing. And then like Waco was a couple months after that. No, I feel like move was like in the 80s. Was it in the 90s? I don't know. I th- uh, move was like 86. Yeah. When was Waco? I, th- I thought it was in the 90s. I could be wrong. Um, cars when on was it. Waco, Freak? Tell us on the chat. Cars on it. Um, yeah, but the move movement, for any of you freaks aren't aware, there was a... They were a bit of a radical group. They're trying to create like a, a commune Did you do it? In, in West I was just Philly. reading about it. They were already on my radar, but I read about it uh, at length the other day. Um, 93. Yeah. Okay, so it was like seven years later. Well, um, like I was reading about it the other day. Like, did you like? Did you see like their their mission statement? Like, sounded a lot like us. Uh, it was like uh, they wanted like good produce, like good food, homeschooling, uh, like reduced state power. I'm sure there was other radicalized elements in there, but yeah. Yeah. And Mayor Rizzo said, I'm having none of that. Here's some C4. Yeah. It was pretty fucked up. The fact that the Philadelphia, right. yeah, it was like the Philadelphia police department just brought they in helicopters outside out of helicopters. Yeah. And like a, tear gas, <laughs> they fired 10,000 rounds into a little row home. Yeah. I mean, that was Waco at the local level. The city I'm, I'm right, from. Waco is ATF, but that was the Philly police, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, according to Marty, the ATF is defanged, so that is why we went down this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the movement uh, debacle doesn't get talked a lot in the mainstream. But yeah, I've gone to school in Philly. We we covered it in high school. It's like one of those things. So you, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. They completely leveled a whole city block in West Philly. Well, because then the fire started after they dropped C4, because who would expect that? And then they didn't they didn't fight the fire even though they had firemen surrounding it. Yeah. City of brotherly love. I miss Philly. I'm talking about Philly a lot, actually, today. Flew out of Philly yesterday. The airport. Need some work. B terminal. Terrible security line. Terrible security line. Hopefully, it defangs the TSA now that we're on it. It's like no, it's just not going to happen. But I, that'd be great. It would be. It would be. Well, anyway, I'm getting our hopes up, Marty. We got down this because Elizabeth Warren <laughs> wants minors to uh, disclose their their energy usage. True. Uh, <laughs> Which is interesting back, in this. Back to the original, the original topic. What's interesting in, uh, in this is they they cite seven crypto miners have developed enough capacity to power all residents in Houston, Texas. So what? So what? Why are we moralizing energy use? We need more energy, more energy. I know you don't like it as an argument because as Bitcoiners, like if you're bullish on Bitcoin, we expect more and more energy to be used by Bitcoin over time. Um, but I still really think like we want to see energy use in Bitcoin go up. Like that's signs of a healthy, robust, uh, Bitcoin network. But 
I still think it's important to highlight that right now, like Bitcoin's share of global energy use is fucking negligible. Like you plot that shit on a chart and it's fucking tiny and it makes them look like complete idiots. Like that they're doing all this like dog and pony show. They're like Bitcoin's destroying the environment. It's using way too much energy. And then you like literally just pull up a chart and you're like, dryers use more energy than fucking Bitcoin. You know, like that, it just shows how fucking dumb the whole fucking thing is, how politicized the whole thing is. Yeah, no, it's a very good tactic. Maybe this is where we give props where props are due to the Bitcoin Mining Council. You use their chart. I saw you tweeted it out. Was it the Bitcoin mine? I thought that was Core Scientific's chart. They're part of the Bitcoin Mining Council, and they made that. Oh, oh the Bitcoin Mining Council. Yeah, yeah. yeah I took it. I, Darren Feinstein posted that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a punchy chart. Like it's fucking tiny little share. Of, it's like. I mean, point. I look at it and I'm like, that needs to increase. But still, like, that's not the point. The point is, is just like you're fucking idiots. Yeah. It's not based in facts. Well, what do you expect from? the political class, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren tried to make everybody believe she was Native American. That turned out not to be based in fact. Didn't she get like, didn't she publicly release a DNA test on that? Yeah, that was the funniest thing ever. Trump like goaded her into taking a DNA test. And then she like came to disclose, he was like, ah, I don't care. And it disclosed, she was like, and, like, a not anywhere close to being a Native American. She was like 1% or something, right? I think it was like 0.1%. It was less than a percent. So te- technically Native American. No. no. Now <laughs> we're getting into some weird... <laughs> in some weird areas and we've tried to define <laughs> Native American. Te- by te- Technically correct. Technically correct <laughs> is the best kind of correct. Ooh. Ooh. We have a three arrows update here. Marty, why are you on Twitter while we're live? I'm in the list. I'm in the list. We don't have. There's a parody account. Kyle Davies' wife, point of view. You have 66 likes on a post making fun of 3AC, but I've got 66 million US dollars. But that's not real. No, it's not real. But what is real is what we have next on the list which I need to find, which is the Shift Crypto data breach. Uh, If you bought a Shift Crypto hardware device, they sell the BitBox, BitBox 2, BitBox app, uh, I believe your email, your IP address, and what else was leaked? And your name. Your name, name. your email, and your IP address. Name Um, or alias email and IP address, yeah. Obviously, your email can be used uh, to link to other accounts. Uh, it can also be used to send you phishing emails. Uh, so if you were in this leak, uh, they've emailed you telling you you were in this leak, supposedly. Um, and uh, so be on the lookout for phishing emails, emails that pretend to be... Mostly, they'll probably pretend to be from some kind of Bitcoin service, um, trying to get you to click a link and like give up your login information or your seed words or something like that. So be extra vigilant on that side. Obviously, IP addresses, if you weren't using a VPN, uh, can reveal your location and can also be linked to other browsing activity. So not great. Uh, we've seen worse leaks, but this one's you know still very painful. Not great for users. And just another reminder that trusted third parties are security holes. 
And that's not just for users who are choosing to trust companies, but also for companies who choose to trust companies. And your marketing list uh, should not be treated as a less secure asset. Uh, it should be treated with the utmost uh, caution, and you should try and keep as much of it in-house as possible if you are going to keep lists of your users. You shouldn't be trusting a third-party marketing company with that with that information. Yeah, we had the Unchained leak earlier this year. We had a lot of them. Unchained, Swan. Uh, who else was in there? There was a bunch of people in there. Trezor had happened previously. Ledger had happened previously. And most of them were because they were using third-party marketing companies. I think one of them was ActiveCampaign, but also HubSpot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, silver lining of the shift crypto, it seems like no physical addresses were leaked, which is interesting to see that they were at least wise enough to segregate address, physical address data from the IP address and the email addresses and the names. So... I guess there's a silver lining to this leak, but all leaks are bad. Very sage advice from Matt there. Um, centralized third parties are security holes, even if it's simply a marketing tool. Probably should even be most wary about these marketing tools because they probably don't have security as a, as a number one like tenant of their products build out. Moving on, the B-Trust. The nonprofit that spun up by Jay-Z and Jack Dorsey has identified its founding member, um, Vladimir Fomen, Fomene. Uh, it was a Cameroonian. I tried my best. Uh, <laughs> West African. He's a software engineer. Uh, is proficient in JavaScript and Rust. He's previously worked on the Bitcoin development kit and um he has been targeted, not targeted, but chosen by the the B Trust to to be their founding member. Um, they're going to hope they're going to expand internationally, uh, and um, Vladimir is going to focus on custody solutions, empowering Africans to hold their own keys. So, some movement from the B Trust, good to see. Uh, and the first move is to focus on custody, personal custody specifically. So, that's bullish to see. Yeah, congratulations to Abubakar, uh, OB, OB, Carla, Carla, and the rest of the B-Trust team over there. Um, I know they've been working pretty hard to get this thing off the ground, um, and they aren't getting paid a salary for it. So um, I know that feel with OpenSats, and and we appreciate you guys. Congrats on this one. Yeah, shout out to the B-Trust team. Keep crushing. Uh. I guess we're on the software updates. We have a cold card upgrade, uh, version 5.0.5. Uh, this isn't like a critical, no vulnerability. It's just a pure update, right? Correct. Yeah. So you enhance BIP85 derived passwords. I'm not going to read release notes. We've learned that lesson many times throughout history. Cold card is a hardware wallet produced by CoinKite and CoinKite is looking for an app developer as well. So this um, one's a big this is this is the this is the big news. Uh NBK for the longest time said he wasn't going to create a software wallet. Coldcard is uh already usable with all the leading software wallets, all the leading open source Bitcoin software wallets. 
Um, so he he deemed it unnecessary. He always said, "Well, he already you know, built he one, right?" On hardware, CoinKite's what? first product was a software wallet, right? The point of sale system. Correct. Uh, it was a point of sale system, but they also had a web wallet. Um, that was like that was years and years and years ago. But since then, he said he wasn't going to do software. But now it appears uh, that he he wants to launch their own app in house, and and they're looking for for a dev for that. So. Um, if you are interested, go to their go to their website. Was it coinkite.com slash jobs? Yes. Careers. Careers, not jobs. But I'm interested to see what they come up with. You have any inklings? I mean, the, the post gives you a pretty good clue. I mean, they're looking for mobile devs. Interesting. All right. He's pretty he's pretty obsessed with his cards. So my guess is the focus is going to be on the tap signer and the SATS card. But that's just a guess. Very bullish on both of those. Um, and and just to remind the freaks, those are the NFC cards that you just tap on the back of a phone to do the signing. Yeah, if you... Rodolfo was on TFTC back during the Bitcoin takeover South by Southwest, so May or June, if you want to go. Is it that recent? No, it's like April, um, where he demoed that on air. Really cool stuff. Um, tour... Has a new release, Tor Browser 11.5. Uh, it's now available on the Tor Browser download page. Um, this is a big update. Automatic censorship detection, circumvention, redesign Tor yeah. network settings. They made the whole bridge system way more intuitive. Um, bridges are like how you access the Tor network if you're uh, being censored, if your country is trying to block access to Tor um, or your ISP. And they reworked the whole UX for them to make it a lot more user-friendly, which is uh, was a pain point for a while. So this was a big update. Props to them. Shout out to Tor. Providing privacy technology for people all over the world. Be wary of the CIA exit notes, though. <laughs> this is really cool. I'm excited to see this. Uh, Joinster, using Noster as a coin join coordinator. Um, you've talked about, you've had, uh, uh, Fiat Joff and, um, JB 55, yeah, JB 55 on Citadel Dispatch to talk about Noster. Noster is one of those, uh, projects that's flying under the radar, but looks really cool from afar. I still admittedly have not played around with it, but it seems really powerful. Yeah. There's a whole dispatch on Noster. Uh, I'm not Stefan, so I don't remember the exact number, but if you just search Citadel Dispatch, Noster in your it's N-O-S-T-R in your podcast app to come up. Uh, definitely give a listen to that. I mean, huge shout out, first of all, the JB55. The guy's a fucking hustler. He's just constantly releasing new tools. He's been focused on basically Core Lightning and Noster for the last, at least the last couple of months and a lot of integrations between the two. Um, but at his core, Noster is this open, this new open communication protocol championed by Fiat Jaff um, that can be quite powerful and can be used for a lot of different things. And in this case, uh, it's being used to basically coordinate collaborative transactions. Um, so this this specific project is like very rudimentary in early days, but uh, it's cool to see. Definitely really cool to see. Very cool to see. And just going through the GitHub page now, um, our good friend, but often like to shoo away, Ben Carmen. I had a comment uh, yesterday 
From my first impression, it looks like the coordinator is able to link inputs to the outputs because there's no blind signing done. And uh, 1440000 bytes responded to that saying coordination happens between clients and relays they use over Noster. There isn't any centralized coordinator. Um, so it seems like <clears throat> this is a very unique way of of doing coordination for coin joins. So something we really like to see here is is unique ways to to make sure that you can increase your privacy while using Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, Nostra is just really interesting just because it's um, it's powerful yet simple, so you can use it for many different things. I mean, the, the most famous use case that's being developed on it right now is basically a uh, censorship-resistant Twitter clones, Twitter replacements. Um, but specifically, if you listen to that dispatch, like there's a million different, there's like so many different applications that can be used with this same communication protocol. And they, it even has like, because it uses uh, public key, private key pairs, there's elements to decentralized identifiers in there as well. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a really cool project. Shout out yeah. to everyone working on it. We'll keep paying attention and keep updating you freaks as things unfold. Yeah. A lot. Hey, stuff gets built in the bear market. Uh, this is a really cool project. Saw this yesterday. I dove into it a little bit. Border Wallets. Um, you can check it out at borderwallets.com. It's introducing a new way to quickly and reliably memorize Bitcoin seed phrases. The use case being if somebody needs to uh, escape a country due to some event that is forcing them outside of their borders and they have Bitcoin and they don't want to walk across the border with a hardware wallet or a mobile wallet on their phone, uh, they've created uh, a memorization technique to help you quickly remember your 12-word seed phrase. Um, so this is the latest project from Ride or Die Freak, uh, Super Fat Arrow, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite nims, uh, purely from a name basis. But he's also he's also seems like a very good dude. Um, and I forget who his partner was. Uh, I retweeted the tweet. I can tell you in a second. Give me a second. Um, so let's give a shout out to his partner. But so the the they had been talking to me about this for a little bit. Uh, the inspiration kind of came about during uh, the beginnings of the Ukraine invasion. And so like the idea is you're crossing. It's, this is obviously not for everyone. There's trade-offs here. You can fuck things up. If you try and memorize um, your seed. Um, but they made it as easy as possible to quickly memorize a seed. Basically, you print out or save and you like save online or you print out a diagram that lists all the seed words. I get a shit ton of seed words, not just your seed words. And then you, you like memorize the shape of your seed phrase order within that, um, which is much easier to remember than the actual words. And this is for people who are crossing borders and can't like easily hide hardware, um, or afraid that, uh, afraid that border, Border cops or border patrol or malicious actors will will try and seize uh, their coin as they go through. So this is specifically designed for them. You can download it. I mean, you should download it and and use it offline. You can use it completely offline. Generate your keys yourself. Um, you don't want to use this on an internet connected computer. Um, but yeah, it's just another option. It's a pretty cool concept and pretty cool tool. I mean, it, you know, don't. I wouldn't trust it with large amounts of money so so soon. I mean, there aren't that many eyes on it right now, but uh, very promising and cool to see. 
I will say that I was talking to Ronan the other day and he had a whole bag seized uh, coming back from Bitblock Boom because it had a hardware wallet in it. It was empty. Um, and it, it seems like the TSA agent didn't really know what it was. He just, because he didn't know what it was, he wanted to seize it. Um, but that's going to start happening more and more. Like I've told the freaks in the past that I always travel with empty hardware wallets to see like if they're paying attention. And I just, when I went to Oslo Freedom Forum, they literally opened up my bag and the hardware wallets were all there. There was, there was a couple cold cards, a couple sats cards, tap signers, open dimes. And then he went to the other side and just took out my conditioner. It was like, your conditioner is too big. So we're not quite there yet, but we're like <laughs> getting close to the point where it's, it's going to start to become an issue when you're traveling. Um, and stuff like that, this, you know, gives additional tools to Bitcoiners. Yeah. Beautiful to see. Um, the co-creator with Super Fat Arrow there is at Ghost of MTC Wartime Micro Chad on Twitter. Thank you. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, shout out to both you guys. Really cool product. And, and Super Fat Arrow was, is the one who's working with uh, Bitcoin Q&A on the seed tool. Um, so this was kind of like an evolution tangent project to that. Yeah. Like tangent projects here. Visual learner. This is a really unique way to remember your seed phrase. So go check it out. Um, that is borderwallets.com. Yeah, it's yeah how they get that fucking domain? Shout it's out to them just for that. Great domain. You've got, you've got Matt O'Dell jealous here. Um, going to shout outs. We have one shout out this week. It's the one I shared with you in the screenshot. We can read it. What? I haven't seen it. Yes, you have. Just read it. I don't remember it. Hi, Marty and Matt. As a longtime freak and RHR listener, I've been wanting to reach out to you for quite a while. You don't have to read this on air since it includes a shameless plug. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Don't, this is an ad. Okay. But shout out to you, Freak. Appreciate the support. And uh, hopefully we can work something out. Yeah. I'll read the last part of it. In the meantime, we stay humble and stack sets. Also, sorry to pay on-chain versus Lightning. I waited hours and hours to open a channel with your node, and it wouldn't connect. We'll work on that. That's, that's on us. It was a Freak with a business that is uh, very interesting. Yes. Uh, and he wanted to make us aware of his business uh, because... Uh, it fits our interest profile, but, we'll leave, uh, we'll leave it at that. I don't think we should. What? Yeah, we'll, we'll leave, leave it at, at that. that. Um, they may, they may be, we, they may become a sponsor. We would love if they became a sponsor, but agreed. It's yet to be seen. Agreed. Um, back to the list. We had one shout out this week. That was it. If you want to shout out, we love the shout outs. Go to tftc.io slash contribute. Oh uh, shit. Braj got us. Yeah. It's a butt plug company. Yeah. You can't keep it from the ride or die freaks. They can just read right through us. They knew exactly what we were talking about. We're not talking. Rodolfo is on the show all the time. We don't. <laughs> his butt plug company is dual purpose. It's a butt plug and a, and a Bitcoin. Well, I will say Border Wallet's officially, in, unless, unless you enjoy it, there's no good reason to stick an open dime, you know, up nature's pocket now. If you can just use Border Wallets. <laughs> Just for the uh, record, if you're considering it, just just let it be known. I think we need a nature's pocket soundboard clip. <laughs> a 
I don't know why. I just think we do. Back to the list. Zebedee. Thanks for just providing it. <laughs> uh, raised $35 million from investors, including Square Enix, Square Enix uh, for Square blockchain Enix, game payments. Have Zebedee, you ever heard of Square Enix? No. They're the guys who make Final Fantasy. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the reaction. This is More a big important deal for them. than the amount of money they raised. First of all, congrats to Andres and uh, the rest of the team. Andre and the rest of the team over there. Christian um, and yeah, it's, it's this is well deserved and uh, really impressive. Um, I mean, the freaks know I've been bullish on uh, Sats and games for a long time, uh, but but the fact that you get someone like Square Enix in there is fucking massive. Because yeah. like that, you. I've said from the beginning that I expect Sats and Games to go from like the small publishers first, right? Like the challengers, the underdogs that have something to prove and some kind of edge to try and get because just the big guys, it's just such a moneymaker for them that why implement an open monetary network into their closed systems that they currently have? You know, like Fortnite makes fucking bank on their complete shitcoin uh, V-Bucks, right? They make billions of dollars on it. Why would they use an open monetary system? But maybe Zebedee, maybe Zebedee, uh, you know, bucks that trend and just goes straight to the top. Yeah. Final Fantasy with sats in it. Let's fucking go. Well, no, Bitcoin has made it and Zebedee has made it when uh, Simon Cowell, uh, when people hear the name Simon Cowell, they don't think of American Idol, they think of Zebedee's CEO. <laughs> That's when we know Bitcoin has succeeded, freaks. This is a Simon Cowell indicator. Everybody put it on their on their radars and pay attention to it. And this, and yeah, Zeb- but Andre Andre Neves also does founder co founder of uh, Zebedee also does BitDevs NYC now. Hell yeah! No, and shout out Zebedee's running the back end for Fountain too. Um, no, they're not. Isn't it LNPay.co? I think Zebedee's helping them out with it as well. I don't know if I'm uh, making... Well, the custodial wallet's lnpay.co. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I just said something I'm not supposed to, but... <laughs> so is life. I'm Ron Swanson. I'm Ron Swanson. Sorry, I'm, no, I'm Ron Burgundy. It's Ron Burgundy. Ron Swanson is uh, Parks and Rec. I think we need to... The Simon Cowell indicator. That's when we'll know, freaks. And the British American Idol uh, leader is... is Replaced by the uh, the British Zebedee leader. Uh, more raising news. Disclaimer, we were a part of this. Fetty raises $4 million. Uh, Kingsway Capital. Ego Death in turn 31. We co-led this round. Um, and uh, the Fetty team, Obi, Justin Moon, and Eric Syrian are building uh, a, a wallet leveraging the Fetty Mint protocol, which is still open source, uh, to, to bring... Uh, Federated Chami Immense to to the masses, the global south is where they're going to focus on first. And we're really excited to uh, support this team. And I think what they're building, I mean, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, Justin was working on their wallet on the wall in the room right behind me for many months. And it's been really cool to see him build that out and the, the progress that they've made. I think these guys are going to do big things, but I think for the context of uh, this show, I mean, there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter about the design trade-offs made uh, within Fediments generally, Chalmiments generally, and Fediment will actually, will obviously be making these trade-offs as well. And 
Matt, I think you had a tweet last night or the day before that really um, succinctly highlighted the trade-offs and the benefits yeah. of, of Chami Immense. Yeah, so let me jump in here. First of all, um, if you want to go deep on Fediments, I went on the opt-out pod with Eric Sirion, uh, who's like, he's the creator of, of the whole concept. Um, and we went super deep technical. So, but I also think it's accessible for people that aren't technical. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, first of all, this is a completely open, a false project, free and open source software, free as in freedom, not as in uh, cost. Um, so this is not a bullshit open source project, like full MIT license, do whatever the fuck you want to do with it. Open protocol, run your own federation, fork the app, do whatever you want to fucking do with it. Um, so fantastic to see that 1031 our fund as part of our mandate, we give open source grants. So I just want to be clear here. First, we gave an open source grant to the open source project with no strings attached. Then they told us they wanted to run a monetizable business on top of the open protocol, calling it Fetty. And we were very excited to support them on that as well. So it's two separate things. It's a, it's a, it's a business that's attempting to be monetizable basically through transaction fees on the front end app that can presumably be forked out because it's open source and, and consulting fees, uh, for large betterments or large projects or something like that. So we are both supporting the open source project and we're supporting the monetizable business. Um, the way I like to look at betterments at the very basic level is an approved model over Walda Satoshi. So Walda Satoshi right now is used by a lot of Bitcoiners. It's a fully custodial Lightning wallet. Um, and as a result, because it's fully custodial, you have to trust, uh, you have to trust Walda Satoshi, not only not to rug pull you and take your funds, but also you have to trust them with your privacy. So two layers of trust there. But what do you get as a result? You get an extremely convenient wallet uh, where you don't have to deal with channel management. You don't have to run your own node. You don't have to deal with all the complexities that come with being a sovereign Lightning user. What Fediment attempts to do is um, operate under the understanding that most users will choose the most convenient option, create a most convenient option that is just as convenient as something like Wallet of Satoshi, if not more convenient, with very clean UX, but you reduce the trust on the rug pull side because it's federated. So instead of a single SIG custodian, you have a multi-SIG custodian. And you reduce the trust on the privacy side because you have privacy from the custodian. So if you have a thousand people in a fediment, there's no way for the custodians to tell which of the thousand users are transacting at any given time. It uses something called Chamini Cash. So is this, you know, obviously not your keys, not your coins. It's best to be a fully sovereign Bitcoiner and hold your own keys and have complete control over your destiny and not have any trusted third parties. But for those that are going to choose convenience anyway, they're going to choose convenience first. This is a significant bump in the status quo. It takes that most convenient option and makes it significantly better. Uh, so that's how I like to look at it. And another metaphor I like to use is I kind of think of it as like signal for Bitcoin, right? Where like signal the messenger. When you're talking about signal, if you talk to privacy purists, they don't like that you can't run your own signal server. They don't like that it doesn't require a phone number, right? Some of the privacy purists might say, we already have PGP. Why don't people just use PGP? Well, nobody uses fucking PGP. And why does nobody use PGP? It's because it's not convenient. So Betterment is taking certain trade-offs to provide an extremely convenient user experience. And ideally, it ends up in a situation where you have millions or billions of people that are using Bitcoin in a less trusting way, even though there are even 
more better ways to do it without without that trust. Yes. So I think from an ease of use perspective, and I have seen a demo of the app that Justin, Eric, and Obi are building, and the UX is impeccable. And the way I describe it is like it's just constricting the spectrum uh, of it's making it tighter where it's easier to use better custodial models. Obviously it's not the best holding your own keys is, um, but it is nudging the far edge of the spectrum closer towards um, uh, something that's probably better for an end user at the end of the day. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, and there's, uh, I was just wanted to mention car. I put this tweet in the, uh, in the group chat. Uh, You pull it up because I think this was really good. Uh, Even though I've been reading about, Chalmy Immense and following Fediment for over a year now in the bent and on the show, I thought this uh, explainer uh, in video form, if you go to the Vimeo, um, Ringendal, sorry if I butchered your name there, definitely did. Uh, he did a uh, basically a demo of how Chalmy Immense uh, using envelopes uh, and pieces of paper uh, that really helped me conceptualize even more exactly what's going on. So this is the original. This is the original way Chom used to explain uh, Chomian mints um, back in the day. Um, so I mean, basically, it explains the concept of blind signatures. This idea that um, the the mint know it can issue you tokens without knowing which tokens are yours when they get traded around, right? So so when you come in, obviously the custodians, the federation that you choose to use knows how much Bitcoin is going in. But then from that point on, they don't know any of your transaction history. Um, if depending on how many people are using a specific pediment, right? Cause you're, you're non-set, you're the crowd that you're hiding amongst or you're, you're sharing your, your privacy with the, the more people you have in a pediment, the better privacy guarantees you have. It scales with, with the amount of people coming in. But I just wanted to say something um, you said the far side brings the far side up. I think to call that the far side is, uh, and I'm not trying to like single you out or whatever, but this is just like a issue with Bitcoin Twitter in general is like, it's not bringing the far side up. We are the rarity, right? Like the freaks are the rarity. Most Bitcoiners do not hold their own keys or use their own note. 99% of Bitcoiners that are coming in, not only are using custodial solutions and not holding their own keys, they're, they're going through full KYC AML process and they're giving all their ID information up, right? So this, is, this brings up the status quo for the overwhelming majority of new Bitcoin users. And then ideally, we provide a strong path for them to go fully sovereign when they're ready, right? That's how I kind of look at it. Because even, like, even among the hardcores, like how many people did you see go to El Salvador and take a video of them eating at McDonald's and paying with Wallace Satoshi? People that like have like, a million tweets that say not your keys, not your coins. And then they spend with wallet of Satoshi in El Salvador. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of fucking people do that. That's one thing I'm proud of. I do, even though I do do demos with a blue wallet for lightning because I'm usually paying an invoice it's that's created with, with our node. I can't pay with our node because just, you can't pay with your own node. Um, that's like one thing. No, I think, because you're paying, you're paying that node. You yeah. can't pay yourself. Yeah. Um, but like at Bitcoin Park last week, really cool cafe setup. You use Ibex Mercado to pay for your call for your drinks, and it, it always feels good paying from our node just to 
to get Bitcoin. Right, but the overwhelming majority of people that pay at that terminal are paying with fucking Strike or Wallet of Satoshi. <laughs> yeah. Right? So like, that's the reality of the situation. Let's improve that reality. Let's improve that status quo. And at the same time, let's improve tools for solving Bitcoin users. And the more options, the better. Um, and I... I I, I love the Bitcoin immune system, I, but I, I think that there, you know, there's a lot of people uh, that are arguing against, you know, the the potential benefits of fediments from a um, from an almost straw man level argument. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see when the project comes out. The project's supposed to come out like Q1 2023, ideally December uh, before Q1 2023, because there's an Africa conference there. Um, and I really do think that this will have have really massive. I mean, my main focus here is on the privacy fungibility side, and I think it'll have massive implications on that side, uh, massive benefits. And just to be clear, this does not replace any current Bitcoin privacy tools. It's it's merely complements them. Yes, I'm actually sitting down with Obi, Eric, and Justin tomorrow morning, so we'll go more in depth on TFTC um, in person or remote. 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 I'll be here. They'll be spread throughout the world, wherever they are. Um, so be on the lookout for that. I think we've been calling this for years on the next topic. Uh, <laughs> the former Coinbase product manager was arrested on inciting trader, insider trading charges. Um, this is the guy that Kobe caught. How do you, you catch him using... That? Did he catch him using the uh, Ethereum wallet? Remember when Kobe had the tweet that he was like, this one Ethereum wallet has like a shit ton of the assets that just got announced uh, on, on Coinbase to be mm -hmm. listed? Remember, we talked about it on RHR. Yeah. Like he, he, there was like 20 different assets or whatever that had just gotten listed on Coinbase and they were all in the same wallet and it was they were bought a couple days ahead of time. This is the guy. It's, it was him, his brother, and his friend. And like in the... In, in the... Justice Department or whatever indictment. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I, whatever they fucking call it. It literally says in there like a prolific uh, crypto Twitter personality called it out or whatever. They 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 don't. They like didn't give. They kind of Dan Helded Kobe and they didn't give him a, a hat tip, but they they no, said they, it was the someone. No, it says the statement points to a tweet from crypto investor and commentator Kobe referring to an ETH address. Yeah, but it doesn't. They don't say Kobe or give his handle. I don't think. Yeah. All right, Kobe, doing some good in the world here. I mean, there's been... I mean, Kobe's a Fed. Now everyone knows Kobe's a Fed. Yeah, Kobe's a Fed. When he said up only, he really meant jail time. <laughs> I mean, but this is something that, going all the way back to when Bitcoin Cash was added to Coinbase in December 2017, I mean, it was pretty obvious that there was something weird going on at Coinbase with that particular launch and many people have speculated as they've become more of a shitcoin casino um, launching I think they literally launched a coin called shitcoin at one point people are like what's going on here um, these illiquid shitcoins and a lot of speculation that people were insider trading uh, based off the information that they had as Coinbase employees it has become evident that that is the case uh, the former product manager Sean Wahi was arrested. He was literally on the assets listing team. Yeah. They profited $1.5 million in illegal trades. You'd think they would have made a lot more money than that. That was pretty, that's pretty sad. Yeah. It's 1.5 mil worth a decade in prison. Their friend is still on the run. They only arrested the brothers. Ooh. 
Romani remains at large. Two counts of wire fraud conspiracy and two counts of wire fraud. Trust. And also, I'd like to add here, I mean, we always, we always talk about... Uh, we talk about Bitcoin privacy tools, nuances, shortcomings all the time on this on this here show and all of our other content. Um, but uh, this is another reminder that ETH privacy is significantly worse. Uh, they had them all in the same account. Literally, just look up on Ethers like EtherScan or whatever, and you can just see all the fucking assets that they were trading on this single attached account. Um, yeah. Also, I got, accused, I got accused this week of uh, shilling shitcoins because I talked critically about Bitcoin privacy. And I would just say uh, if trying to like improve Bitcoin education and tools is shilling shitcoins, then you should have a long, long, hard look in the mirror and think about the implications of that. <clears throat> no, I mean, we said this many times on this show. And as I mentioned, I was on somebody else's show earlier today. That's the one thing I said, like if you're an objective observer or analyst, Bitcoin, I mean, you have to come to grips with it. I mean, it's objectively true. The the privacy assurances are subpar if you're looking for perfect privacy. Um, it's not something you should run away from. Perfect privacy doesn't exist, period. But I agree with the sentiment. Yeah. Um, last thing on the list was the Colorado Beef Initiative, but we started out with that. Tickets are still on sale. They have very few tickets left. Hopefully I'll see some of you freaks there. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, all right. I know you got to go. Let's read some boostograms. Let's see if we we went below 50,000 this week. I think we did. Oh, I have a shout out. I just wanted to shout out uh, Phil Coin Icarus. Um, he's stepping away from the Simply Bitcoin podcast that he does with Nico and re- more recently Optimus Fields. Um after doing this podcast with Marty for so long, like I know, uh, like the kind of bonds and the time you put into this fucking thing. And, uh, you, you always hate to see, you know, you, you hate, you hate to see the end of, of an era, you know, and just huge shout out to him for, for all the time he put in and a huge shout out to Nico and optimist for, you know, the path forward. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that this week. Shout out to Queen Icarus. Yeah. Um, shout out to simply Bitcoin TV. They're putting out great content. Um, I don't know the backstory there. I mean, I know a little bit of the backstory, but I'm not going to talk about things it. publicly. But yeah. uh, much love, much love to to that whole team over there. They've got great, great clips, great clips. Um, they're crushing the Instagram game. As somebody who's been like looking at how to improve Instagram content, I know you don't like to hear it. The Simply Bitcoin. T- team does a does a great job and marty i just wanted to like a huge shout out to you as well um i think we 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 take it for granted sometimes that we we've ripped the show you know every every week for five years in september four years four years four years in september yeah and uh tftc turns five in september and we still love each other. We don't hate each other yet. So shout out to that. Yeah. You're saying like it's going to get to that point. I don't think I don't ever see a, a future in which we hate each other. Like, uh, yeah. Shout out to that. No, shout out. I mean, I love you, brother. And this is. The feeling's mutual. Makes life worthwhile. I mean, it's. I mean, my children, my wife, my family, everything. It just adds to 
making making life worth, I mean, worthwhile. I I agree with that. You know, <laughs> I fucking love my lady. Uh, don't have children yet, but I will feel the same. I I, I believe. Um, I will say every time you say, you, every time you say my family, you like go into you try and go into a Sopranos voice when you say my family. Have you noticed that? Is that intentional? I'm not, or you, I'm it, not, no. Because it's a completely different accent than the rest of those li- that line you said my family and then now, oh, now, now i'm gonna, be, not gonna hi- be able to repeat it now because now you're thinking about it but i'm gonna be hyper aware of it now check the tapes freaks i know you freaks heard it too he switches <laughs> he switches to his italian mobster accent yeah, yeah it's just you gotta protect your family you know um okay marty i love you read the boostergrams boostergrams at patar hundred thousand sats think the biggest boostergram we've ever received uh, it's just the squirt emoji and a rocket emergency. I think he's alluding to cum rocket there. Cheers to you, freak. Even though we're like screaming cum rocket, we have it on the board. Big retention guy these days. Retain, retain. <laughs> Increase your day. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that was a good clip out. <laughs> unfortunately, um, the, the boostergrams have fallen below the 50,000 sat mark. At letter 6173, sent us a 7,777 sat boost. We all need a sats bottom girl. This is true. A sats bottom girl makes the world go round. I will say, bear market is where you find one. Yes. In a bull market, it's all noise. Yes, in the bull market. I found my lady in a bear market, and we got through two bear markets together before we got married. Yeah. Damn, we're almost together for 10 years now. So yeah. Yeah, Marty, you were a poor no-coiner. I was a poor no-coiner. I was a no-coiner when I found my wife. Um, well, I also, you know what I... Uh, sorry. I knew her way before we started making up. But. I, uh, I realized recently, I didn't know this, a freak told me in the Sill Dispatch uh, Matrix chat, these boostograms are only from fountain users. Presumably, there's boostograms that are coming from other users that we can't read in the fountain app. Fountain app only shows the fountain boostograms. So, because yeah, I remember them showing like CurioCaster and shit like that. What? Because I remember them showing CurioCaster. I'm, like, I'm, they used I'm to have the... sure just fountain. Let me talk to them. Well, about Oscar, that. if you're listening to this, I mean, I guess I should have just messaged you. But <laughs> let us let us know. Uh, but freaks, if that is the case, we will figure out the way to read all of the boostograms. We will we will amend the situation. Yeah, I actually was talking to Adam Carey like a couple months ago. There's there's a browser uh, um, tool that you can use. Um, so we, sh- we can actually put put these on the well, screen. Well, there's a tool called Helipad that you run next to your L and D node that you yeah. can natively read because the boostograms are just messages attached to key send lightning payments. So you install this local software and then you can read it directly from your L&D node. That's what he was talking um, about. Yeah, Helipad. But the podcasting 2.0, the node I use for podcasting 2.0 is on Noddle. Uh, so keep in mind, if you're listening, uh, this will officially be like the 10th time I've asked you to put Helipad on Noddle. Uh, please, sir, for me family. Yeah, all of our infrastructures are going to be on Noddle too. <laughs> so please. Keto Miner. Please, uh... And Oscar, let us know if it only shows the fountain boost. I'm pretty sure it only shows the fountain boostograms. What else do we have? 
at Wankspooge <laughs> sent us uh, Boostergram worth 3,333 sats. No message. And last but not least, at Gaff Toso sent us a 2,169 nice sats boost. One of the best rips for sure. Love you all. Small contribution from Brazil. Shout out to our Brazilian freaks. Wow, I can't believe 2169 got in. Low Boostergram week. Low Boostergram week, freaks. Freaks are stacking. Yeah, I can't, can't fault you for that. It's a good stacking Completely opportunity. Time. Um, anyway, freaks, I appreciate your support regardless uh, across the board, uh, whether that's subscribing to the podcast, subscribing across all the different feeds, that's streaming stats to us, Boostergrams, interacting right. with us on Twitter, all the above. All of it. And if you haven't subscribed to Rabbit Hole Recap's dedicated feed, make sure you do that. Um, if you have friends who are like, where's Rabbit Hole Recap? It's on a new feed. Go subscribe. Car and I were Search looking at Rabbit the, Hole Recap. That's, Car and I were looking at the simple. numbers. It's, uh, we've had a good amount of freaks go over already. Um, we're reaching parity with where we were before we changed streams. I, we're still way below. I'm getting close though, week by week. I think there's a lot of people that just like, uh, that are just like in the bear market right now and they tune everything out, which is completely fine. We'll reconnect with them in the bowl. This is when the alpha comes, freaks. It's when the alpha comes. Yeah, but there's an argument. There's an argument to just uh, tune everything out in the bear market and just keep stacking. Um, but maybe if you don't work in the space. You just like that's what I did in in previous bear markets. Last bear market was the first one I didn't do because of rabbit hole recap. But previously it was just okay, I just you know, I just keep stacking in the background, just work my ass off in a dead end fiat job and just stack and not really pay attention to sell all the bullshit. Yeah. Completely reasonable argument. As long yeah. as you're still stacking. Very reasonable. Um Yeah. Shout out to all you freaks listening. Subscribing, rating, reviewing, boosting. We love all y'all. Coming up on four years of RHR. Many more ahead of us. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.